This is defeating the curse. The Washington Wizards have failed in Toronto yet again to win a critical game, a pivotal game five. It was close, but it really wasn't down the stretch. Stevie, I know you watched this game. We were texting back and forth. I was a little surprised, to be honest, that you were even watching this. Uh, I know you're Nats first. Nats already won earlier in the day. They blew out the Giants. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it wasn't the DC trifecta, although that's cursed anyway. This team, this Wizards team, I mean, they're they're better than we think they are, yet they play like absolute garbage down the stretch. Too many three-pointers. Not aggressive enough going to the into the lane and going to the rim. John Wall looked tired. He looked uh, he looked a little slower, a little sluggish, especially in that third and fourth quarter. But you got a five point lead with eight minutes to go in the game. You, you got to run actual offensive plays that aren't you know pick roll ISO three. Uh, it was infuriating to watch. I mean that was my reaction. And you know it's been thirty minutes. I'm still pissed. Like nothing going to the basket. I don't get it at all. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just first say that it, it lined up well today because I watched my Nats just explode. 15 runs behind Scherzer. Uh, so I was in a good mood. So I figured let's just keep the TV on and, and go with this, this Wizards thing. And for three quarters, almost three and a half quarters, um, I saw a really balanced Wizards team, balanced offense, a lot of defense, a lot of feisty defense. Um, and then I, I've been saying this, I think, for a couple of years now. I don't think anything's changed because nucleus of the team hasn't changed. Their late game offensive execution is non-existent. And, and you said they have to run plays. I agree. You do have to run plays. But I will give you a caveat. Unless you have someone who can take over a game at the end of the game. Like we just saw. I mean, it's 9.55 right now. About six minutes ago, LeBron James just hit a game-winning three-point shot to will his team to victory. So my point is, if you have the Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, uh, you know, whoever that can create their own shot and offense, but John Wall is not that. I've been saying this for years. I think we got into fights last year about this. Um, He wasn't able to do it down the stretch. Like you said, it's just lazy threes. And there's just, you know, Kelly Oubre is chucking them up. Uh, then Markeith checks up a couple, and then Gortat flops around a couple times, and it's ugly offense at the end of that game. Yeah, they were bailed out, I think, quite a bit in games three and four because those shots were going in. But that ISO offense is terrible. Uh, you know, I mean, I love the NBA playoffs. I watch, I watch almost every game or as much as I can with kids running around. Uh, Shaq said something really interesting to Chuck a couple nights ago. He said, you know, in our day, they used to run actual plays. There's no plays right now right? It's pick, switch, pick, switch until you get the matchup you want, and then it's iso ball. The Wizards did a lot of that tonight, especially in the third and fourth quarter, which I don't understand because you were beating them going inside. You were beating them with Ubre slashing to the rim. You were beating them with Beal and Wall getting, you know, 16-foot jumpers, and Wall was hitting them. Wall had a overall, you know, 26-9-9 and night on 44 minutes. Beal, you know, in 36 minutes, 20 points, 4-3. and three. So, they, they got the production that they needed to out of, out of John and out of Brad to win. The rest of the team, though, you know, Gortat, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about Gortat anymore, but Otto Porter, I, I'm 100% done with Otto Porter. He he gets, he, he gets, he, he gets shaken. Otto. Yeah, he, he just, something <laughs> happens to the guy. If he doesn't hit a couple shots and doesn't really get going early on, he can't seem to get himself going on his own. Like, even with the dunks that he got, he got a couple garbage buckets, too. He couldn't really create anything. Mike Scott came in, I think, and gave him some big minutes, some big defensive plays as well. 
Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson did as well, but I mean, it's just it's it's so maddening. Like you got a five point lead and a chance to bring you know the series home to Washington on Friday night in a position you haven't been in before. You know, forget about who's seated one, who's seated eight. You have a chance to come home with a series lead, mm-hmm. and you squander it, and and not just squander it and lose the way Indiana lost to to LeBron and the Cavs. I mean, squander it. They the game wasn't that close in the end. I mean, it really wasn't. And yeah. you know, Uber. Excuse me, Ubre got, you know, a, a cheap put back, and I think there was another. I think Beal maybe hit a three, or somebody hit a three down the stretch to kind of close that gap. But I know it says ten points. It wasn't ten points. At one point, it was thirteen, fourteen, and and I, I mean, I was watching with my wife, and uh, we had some people over, and, and everybody was just kind of looking. I, I made a comment. I said, you know, it's three, four points that we're down with four minutes to go. I feel like we're down twenty-five. There's just no momentum. There's no offensive they, rhythm whatsoever. Yeah, they were they were never in danger of winning that game in the last couple minutes. Um, and I was pretty clear to everyone watching. I mean, they, you know, with about five minutes left in the game, they were up 87 to either 83, 82. It was 83, 87, 83. They were outscored 25 to 11 for those last six minutes. I mean, that's astounding. And, um, it, 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 and again, how much of that falls on Scott Brooks and, and kind of, you know, him, it's one thing to call a timeout. It's another thing to call a timeout and regroup the guys, draw up some plays. I mean, how many times do you see good coaches are able to get buckets coming out of a timeout where, I mean, he just couldn't stop the bleeding at that point. When you have a team, I mean, John Wall, we love the way he plays reckless with, with, you know, reckless abandon and all that. But down the stretch, we don't need reckless abandon. We need execution. And you need to be able to hit your spots and you need to be able to, you know, run an offense. And so, I don't know, but it certainly begs a much more existential question, which is: Don't say it. Is, is this the best that they're ever going to be? I mean, is this the best this team is going to be? And and the last three, four years would would say, you know, yeah. I mean, when push comes to shove, playoff basketball is all about executing at the end of games. Uh, that's what what you know really decides these games when you have such evenly matched teams. Uh, you know, it comes down to a, a quality possession at the end of the game. And this team is the furthest thing from a quality possession. Yeah. I, I, well, look, I have to agree with you there 100%. This, you know, playoff basketball is unique. You know, by the time you get to game four, five, six, seven, you know, certainly by game five, you've seen everything the other team is going to do. You know their switches, you know their matchups. It's going to be, it's really about adjustments. And whatever the game plan is, it's about executing that game plan. The Wizards kept it interesting, and at, and at several points they they just had the momentum. They looked, they were playing, they were playing Wizards basketball, which means you know high pick and roll, Gortat going to the rim, and either finding a slasher on the backside, on the weak side, or somebody was open for a three, and it was working. Again, you know five points is nothing to brag about, but five points on the road when you're an eight seed, you know with with you know mm-hmm. you know you silence the crowd, and they did that a couple times. It, you know they did that also in the second quarter. You know going into halftime, the momentum was clearly on the Wizards' side, so. It's tough because as fans, we sit and we look and we say, I'm screaming at my TV, go to the basket. Like this is that's something we were taught like back in like house league when we were in like sixth and seventh grade. Like when you need you need to stop the bleeding, you got to stop the clock at the same time. Attack the rim, you know, try, put, make the ref make a call. You know, your best case scenario is you're going to get a, an and one play. Your worst case scenario is the clock is going to stop and you may get a shot you know, to make two from the charity stripe. So you got to do something different. And I just didn't see it. I, I don't know what happened. 
They just got complacent. I mean, Beal, in the last two minutes of the game, Beal took three, Morris took three, Wall took three, Oubre took two. That You're, you're just not going to win a game. I mean, even if you're down six at that point, you got time. Go, like, you know, the play that sticks out to my mind always when, when we're in this situation, not just the Wizards. Remember when Tracy McGrady was on the Rockets and he scored, like, 12 points in, like, 30 seconds? You know, like, that is literally once in a million. We don't have a guy that can do that the way he did it. It was a fluky game midseason. It was a totally different scenario. But you can't get back in the game when you're down 12 just magically by shooting threes. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to get momentum. you got to get a stop. And they just didn't seem committed to doing it. And now they come home. You know, let's shift gears here. They come home on Friday. I think they can win that game. I mean, I think home court does matter in this series. But I'm not so confident that, you know, that I think if I'm the Wizards, what I'm afraid of around the coaching staff, I'm afraid that the Wizards are thinking about Game 7 in Toronto, not Game 6 in Washington. That's my fear right now. Yeah, I mean, for, for sure, uh, this team is not good enough to be thinking about a game ahead. I mean, but uh, the reality is, after Game 1 and 2, we thought there was zero chance that this team could win the series. Games 3 and 4 gave us hope. Game 5 reaffirmed the belief from Game 1 and 2 that they can't win this series. All they can do is extend the series. So I'm not saying they can't win on Friday night. I'm saying they can't win Game 6 and Game 7. So whatever they do on in Game 6 on Friday is really just going to extend the series. They can't, with that offense that I saw, yeah. uh, they, they can't win a, a Game 7. Um, They're in trouble. And- uh, no doubt. They're in trouble. They can't stop... You know, this is where Gortat has to has to man up a little bit here. You can't get you can't get. Uh, I mean, their their center went for I can't pronounce his name. Vala Valus Yunus. Yeah, you know he went fourteen, thirteen, and two, but he had eight, like eight in the fourth frame. Like you can't let that happen. DeRozan, you know, he, he's legitimately unguardable. And if he didn't play in Canada, I think more people would be rocking that jersey and would be talking about him. He, he's he's almost an MVP. Like he's the best player on the team by I mean by a by a mile. You know, he, he is almost unguardable, even though Beal did try to stick to him a little bit. You know, he's going to get his points when he's shooting the way he is. He did tonight. You're not going to stop him. Lowry, you can kind of contain, which they did, 17 and 10. I mean, certainly not pedestrian. You know, everybody else, DeLon, DeLon, uh, DeLon Wright is the guy that came in off the bench and gave him 18 huge points. You can't let DeLon—I mean, he's worse than Ubre. You can't let him come in here and just get 18 points off the bench and, and swing that momentum. And it was, and it wasn't even like he hit. I know he hit a big three, but he got a lot of junk to the basket too. And that just like, if you're not executing on offense, at least you know smack the floor and play some defense. They didn't do that either. And and honestly, they didn't deserve to win the game. And they come home, like I said, I think they'll get a pop from playing, you know, at uh, at, at the Cap Center. Uh, or whatever it's called, Capital One Arena or Cap Center, whatever we want to, the moniker is going to be, the vault. Um, but you know, again, my fear is that they're thinking about Game Seven. I wouldn't be surprised if they drop Game Six at home. I, I definitely won't be surprised if they win it. But can they go into Toronto and play four complete quarters? The answer right now, given the three game sample size that we've got, is is a firm no. They just they can't. They need somebody else to step in and give them six to eight points off the bench. Looking at this roster, I don't know who that is. Well, and the reality is that the Toronto Raptors are not a great basketball team no. by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, uh, you've been, if you've been watching what the Sixers are doing and what they did to the Heat, the Sixers are a better team than the Raptors. The Cavaliers, by default, because they have the greatest player uh, on, on, on you know, planet Earth, 
are a better team than the Raptors. I, I would even contend the way the Pacers have been matching the Cavaliers and the way the Bucks have been playing the Celtics. I mean, you could contend that the Raptors are on the in the lower half of the Eastern Conference best teams playing basketball at the current moment. So it's not like the Wizards got a raw deal here. They actually got a great uh, um, uh, you know matchup with the Raptors. Sure. So you know going. You said, you know, looking beyond Game 6 to Game 7, going beyond Game 7. I mean, this team is maxed out, and they have, 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 I mean, they've hit the ceiling. And this is a Hillary Clinton moment, right? They have hit the glass ceiling, and it is not shattering. <laughs> Fully okay. intact. Like, so, I mean, again, I don't know. I'm not the basketball insider here on the podcast, but it seems like there's an awful lot of money uh, tied up into these guys who are at best a round one phenomenon. Uh, Otto Porter, I mean, say no more. Otto Porter has not earned his salary, has not earned his contract, you know, has not earned his keep. And and you got to really think, you know, what, what who else could have been on this roster in his place and could he have given you more than nine points, two boards, two assists and four boards in 30 minutes? 30 minutes. Like, this is, I mean, Morris, no one expects Marquise Morris to do much, but he still gets you nine, nine boards. Ubre comes in and plays his minutes. Uh, we saw uh, Sadoransky for you know Sado was in for just like four or five minutes, but nobody else played. And you know, and this is this was the fear is that in a close game when you're not going to utilize your bench or you have to shorten the rotation, can Wall play forty plus minutes? And the answer tonight was no. I mean, he just he can't push the ball for forty four minutes. I mean, even Beal got a little bit of a spell today. So yeah. you know, there there's there's problems all over this roster again. I don't. I don't think the Raptors are that much better than the Wizards. I don't think the Wizards are that much worse than the Raptors. And looking around the Eastern Conference, like you said, this may be the year that LeBron really is challenged to get out of even just the first round. Indiana's playing really good basketball. I mean, between Sabonis and Oladipo, I mean that's a balanced team, and they can score from a bunch of different places. And Stevenson has. Uh, you can't say he's had LeBron's number, but he gets in his face. He bothers him for sure. You know, that's a team that if Indiana wins that series, I think people will take a step back and say, "Wow, like." I mean, is did LeBron lose a step? Did the Cavs just stop playing, or or did these other teams really figure out a way to get past you know LeBron? I mean, because like he, he shouldn't have had to hit a game winning three to win tonight. He shouldn't be down. He shouldn't have given up two games. I don't I don't think he's ever lost a game in the first round ever. I, I, maybe I'm wrong on that, or maybe he hasn't lost an opening first round right. game. There was some stat that ESPN threw out that I that really yeah, caught my crazy. eye, right? Yeah. You know, so. If there was ever a year that somebody could sneak past LeBron, this is that year. And unfortunately, right now, it looks like the Wizards are the odd man out, uh, one of many odd men out. I mean, they, they look better than the Heat, but they don't—they just don't look very good. I mean, and and you, you gotta be—you gotta have an offensive playbook. You have to be able to run a play to a big, to a wing, like your three and D guys, specifically Porter and Ubre. They've got to be able to hit those shots when you put the ball in their hand or slash. Get to the rim, stop the clock, and make free throws. And they just didn't do that tonight. Well, I mean, I mean the reality is you mentioned a whole lot of guys on this roster, but uh, the reality is it goes back to your superstars. And you only go as far as your superstar takes you. And that, that's the difference between, uh, you know, the NBA and the NFL, right? The NFL, you know, Kirk Cousins on one team can be, a, a, you know, a, a mediocre quarterback. On another team can be a Super Bowl champion quarterback. We saw that with Joe Flacco. We see that with a lot of quarterbacks because football is a very uh, team uh, sport. This is a very individual sport, and this is a, a very superstar-driven sport. So you're only going to be 
as good. You're only going to go as far as your superstar takes you. And, you know, people in D.C. need to be questioning the superstars on the Wizards right now, need to be questioning John Wall and Bradley Beal and see how, I, I mean, uh, are any of these guys on a max deal? I'm, I'm assuming one yeah, of them. Yeah, Wall's on Supermax and Beal's on a max and Porter's on a max. Okay, so you have to ask yourself, you know, how far can these guys really take you, uh, you know, being that they're they're on the max deal getting, you know, top dollar. Well, Indiana Indiana proves that you don't need max guys. You just need you need coachable guys, and you need guys that are going to run an offense and try to exploit the weaknesses of another team. Indiana is a perfect example of that. Philly, to an extent, is a good example yeah. of that, right? Philly, I mean, no experience, but they listen to the coach. You know, I, I'm I'm sick of the the trust the process nonsense. But you look at that roster. You know, on you know at the beginning of the season, we said it's good enough to make the playoffs. I don't think anybody envisioned 50 wins though, right? So that's talent that's willing to be coached. I don't. I'm not willing to say that Wall and Beal aren't willing to be coached. And I'm not willing to say that Brooks, that that you know, Coach Brooks isn't doing a good job. I think he is. I think once you get past you know the top two guys on this roster, you know, and I personally, I think Markeith Morris is extreme value for what he's getting paid. But beyond those three guys, uh, and maybe throw in Ubre beyond those four guys, there's a lot of question marks here. And, and you know, LP's guy, Bo Buckets, they didn't want to pay him last offseason. He goes to Indiana. And he's, you know, he's he's channeling his inner Michael Jordan, right? He he deed up LeBron in games one and two. He gave him hell in game three. He's put up thirty points in multiple games. Like that was a guy that was in your system that you let walk. You know, very very hashtag Redskins of the Wizards to do. So I think the Wizards are in for a dogfight on Friday. I really do. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I also wouldn't be surprised if they lose by twenty. Um, I want to see them win because given what I saw tonight, as discouraging as it was, we they can play against this team and they match up okay. That if if Toronto has an off shooting night, if DeRozan, you know, if he doesn't go for thirty, if he goes for eighteen, the Wizards can win, and that would be, a, a, I mean, a huge upset given how they played tonight specifically. Yeah, well, let me give you a couple other points that I've I've gotten off the playoffs, just so I can get all of my NBA stuff out in one podcast. I don't need to watch anymore. Um, ben Simmons, holy crap! I mean, this kid is one jump shot mastery away from being LeBron James. I mean, he, he is unbelievable. I know uh, uh, Joel Embiid gets all the pub, uh, you know, for the Sixers, and he's he's got the funny personality, but that Ben Simmons guy, I mean, he just controls the game from start to finish. I mean, the list of things he can do is incredible. Um, so the Sixers are becoming a, a, a fan favorite of mine. And then the other is LeBron James is just, you know, Real recognizes real over here. Okay, oh, <laughs> I mean, here we go. He is team red. He is he is special. <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. I mean, if he doesn't get the MVP award and they give it to uh, Harden or whoever, I mean, it'll be a Travis Shea mockery. Okay, it, it, uh, I mean, what this oh. guy's doing in, in Cleveland. You think LeBron has done more for his team than Harden has done for the Rockets? No way. I mean, if. When James Harden sits out, the Rockets still win by ten. When LeBron James. If he doesn't show up for a Cleveland game, the team just forfeits two hours before the game. I mean, he's got to he's got to basically average a triple double for them to win. I mean, look at his stat line tonight: forty four, ten, and eight. I mean, it's incredible what he's doing. No, 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 he's he's on another level, and he's learning. Just to go back to our original conversation, he's learning how to finish and execute late well, game situations. It took him long enough. I mean, he because he couldn't I, do I, it for a long time. But I'm saying you got you, you give respect to that. I mean, it's someone at the top of his game and at the highest level still is still 
Yeah, that's sure. a scary trade. I mean, this is, what, 15th season. Yeah. Well, let me get you out on this. I mean, so game six is here. Uh, do you have a Do you have a favorite? Let's look at these other games that are going now. So we know LeBron. I thought won. we were going to talk about Kanye West. We. Oh, I'd love to talk about Kanye. Kanye <laughs> is a brilliant human being. Brilliant. I don't care that he dropped what a uh, hundred million followers in like ten minutes for saying I love Trump, but he he is brilliant. I mean, he is brilliant. Do you disagree? Um, I think. There's a fine line between brilliant and mentally unstable. No, and you're crazy. He, he Let me tell you. Very well. Let me tell you. Clay <laughs> Travis had a hot take. It wasn't even a hot take. It was actually some sound logic from Clay Travis. He basically compared POTUS and Kanye and said if POTUS was rapping, right, it would be totally acceptable to grab women by the pee and do all this other stuff because it's it's like nobody freaks out <laughs> over rap lyrics, but when he says it as a, just as a you know as a creepy old guy. Uh, everybody freaks out. You look at Kanye, like he he's made waves for years by by you know the the Yeezy Yeezus stuff and the the, the comparisons to uh, to the big guy upstairs and everything the else. Deities. Yeah, so he's all over the place too. They're they're so far opposite that they're kind of the same. Is basically what I, uh, what I, Clay was saying, and I, I agree. I, I I'm sure you didn't uh, mean it this way, but I agree 100 percent that Kanye and Trump are very similar people. <laughs> All right, let, okay, enough about Yeezy. Let, let's talk. Let's talk here about the NBA playoffs. Uh, do you think the Jazz will close out the Thunder tonight? Um, truthfully, I haven't watched one. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> can you can you do me a favor? Can you watch five minutes of Donovan Mitchell so you can understand why I, I'm so I, big I on hear this guy? He's great. I think I think I watched uh, him and Ricky. Uh, was he in the dunk contest? He was in the dunk contest. Just watch five minutes. You'll see why. So I, I, I've got a good reason for not watching uh, the Jazz games. I've been watching this HBO documentary on Andre the Giant. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, if anyone listening out there needs to invest 90 minutes, because what it'll do is it'll get you on YouTube, YouTubing old Andre the Giant clips, which are incredible. Joe, what was his normal night of drinking? Three uh, bottles of wine and a 24-pack of beer. Just on a Tuesday. Yeah. And then they said he drank up to 106 uh, cans of beer in one night. And he was totally <laughs> fine. I mean, this guy's driving home. I mean, this is oh, hey, don't, we, don't, we do not condone that type of behavior. Uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know you were getting into the WWE. I didn't know you were a mark again. This takes us back I, to high I, school. I, I'm Big Show you, 23. I, I, I was watching all about the Montreal Screwjob. Okay, it's incredible stuff. Incredible I'm, stuff. Have you paid the money for WWE Network yet? As a stockholder, I, I, I encourage you to do so. I don't even know what that is anymore. But okay. uh, is is uh, what's her name? Test still around? Because she's incredible. <laughs> she is not. You should Google Paige if you want to, uh, to get caught up on things. <laughs> uh, but that's let's leave that whole conversation aside uh, for a second. Um, okay, give me your prediction. Game six, Washington D.C. Friday night. Will the Wizards win? I think the it'll be a close game. I think the Wizards will uh, come out hot, crowd behind them, energy, blah blah blah. I think Toronto will hang in there, and then uh, will steal it in the end. Because again, the theme of our conversation is they'll find a way to execute and they'll find a way to win. And I don't think the crowd and the energy and the noise and and, and all that will carry them. To a victory, and I think uh, it's over. I think the Wizards are happy with losing four-two. I mean, the, those first two games looked like they were going to get swept. I think they've made it respectable. I think they can pack their bags, say thank you very much, 
job well done, look at each other, everyone in the eyes and say, you know, 4-2, not bad. 1 versus 18. I think Ernie would take that. It's disappointing exactly. as, a, as a Wizards fan who's watched as many games as possible this season. A team that could have finished as high as 3 to finish 8 and to go out this way would be tough. Uh, I'm not ready to make a prediction. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if uh, if our boy Mina Canada has a prediction. He's going to be dialing in here in just a second, so we can get his take on it from a Raptors fanboy perspective. I mean, he's he's a super fan and it's super annoying, but he does watch this team really close. Um, I'm not ready to pronounce the Wizards dead. I, I think if they somehow eke this out, and I hate that I hate that I'm even saying this. I like their chances if they go back up there in a seven, just because they they were able to do three quarters of four or three and a half of four. Uh, and I, I think they would get up for it. I think they'll get rolled by whoever they face in the next round if they somehow survive. But for right now, I, you know, like I said, if they win by two or if they lose by 20, I wouldn't be surprised. But let's is leave. It, is it just me or is Ted Leonsis uh, actually looking forward to ending the Wizards season so arena football can start? Uh, I think that's part of it as he owns three of the five franchises. But, you know, we got we got the Caps. You know, the Caps are coming around too in our yeah. – you know, this is uh, it's pins and needles time here for for DC sports fans and the curse. You know, the Penguins are this is the team that's knocked us out what three times in the '90s, uh, and then four times in the 2000s, and then two more times in the in the teens, in the 20 teens. So, I mean, they've got our number. It's terrible. I'm I'm telling you this, okay? Just being on the DC beat here in the city, uh, and I think FP's been banging this drum for a little bit. Um, Cats fever is highly underrated. Uh, you walk around town, you walk around the city. We were at the wharf, we were at Navy Yard the other day, and the the, the Caps jerseys are out in full effect. Sweaters, uh, bro, sweaters. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's been cold enough that people pull out the Caps and stuff. So, uh, yeah, this city, I mean, it ain't Chocolate City anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, it's it's becoming a Caps uh, Nance town. Uh, but by, I think the, the Redskins Wizards might be... Uh, old news here i mean many moons ago we said the caps were the team the caps and the nats the two teams that are highly likely to be the ones to, to, to break this curse it won't be the whiz and it won't be uh and it won't be the redskins i mean uh, but even now with the redskins with the draft around the corner like the caps seem to have a, a pretty good chokehold on 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 fandom right now and mm-hmm. I, but it's very nervous fandom so we will wait and see uh thank you stevie for coming on and talking basketball i know it's your first love even though you don't admit it uh we'll be right back after a quick break with our boy mina canada from toronto talking about the other side of the ball and breaking down the raptors big win in game five we'll be right back welcome back into defeating the curse on the phone mina canada our boy from north mexico big win for the raptors in game five unexpected win maybe he expected it we didn't oh please please calm down the Wizards had it in the bag until the final five minutes or so, and then the wheels came off. The Raptors won, no excuses. The Wizards couldn't, sim- they just simply couldn't execute an offensive play down the stretch. But let's not talk about the Wizards, let's talk about the Raptors uh, and set up game six here coming back to DC. Mina, you love this team. You watch this team up close and personal, day in, day out. I know you got seats next to Drake. Were you at any point <laughs> nervous that the Wizards were going to pull away uh, in the fourth quarter? I'm not going to lie, it, this was not a comfortable game. I thought the first three quarters, the way it was just back and forth and tight. I liked our defense throughout the whole game. I felt that we were putting up um, a really good number like in terms of keeping the Wizards at bay. I just did not like our offense, and it really came down to one strategic switch in the fourth. When Yonos came in, I started feeling comfortable. 
because I felt that we were getting crushed on the boards the whole game. And I just felt that stability and fighting off those Gortat screens was the difference today. So all, all in all, good home win. Um, but this, this Wizards team is showing us something. Well, so the game game six is going to be in D.C. The Raptors have not played well in both games. I would say that the Wizards, you know, game five, you know, tonight was their best show in Toronto. So that was encouraging. But, I mean, you know, the, this idea of, like, um, moral victories is for losers. So I'm not going to give them a whole lot of credit for playing better. They still lost the game. But the Raptors didn't play very well in games three or four here in D.C. They come now on Friday, you know, with one day's rest, basically, into D.C., they they haven't historically played very very well here. Do you think they have enough to close out the Wizards in DC on Friday? Yeah, not to sound like a homer, but honestly, I thought the last three minutes that momentum shift where it felt like the Raptors got their groove back just throws them into Game Six with a bit more momentum. I think they've got their little bit of their like offensive flow going, and you know DC is going to come out tight, man. Like facing em- em- elimination games is not easy. So I, I do think we're going to have the upper hand here. I, I don't think this goes seven. I called it originally like Raptors in in six or five. So, you know, I thought that unless DC, like the, the Wizards did something more in game three and four, which they did, it would be extended. So, you know, they're fighting, but I, I just feel like we, we might just have turned the corner. So I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, I was watching the game with, with some folks and we were discussing it. And even though the Wizards were down by three points, four points, five points, three points, two points, five points, it felt like they were down by 50. And it felt like the they were working incredibly hard to get anything going to the basket. And they just stopped doing it. And and that's ultimately, I well, believe, why the Wizards lost this yeah. game. They, they settled too many three-pointers down the stretch. In the final four minutes, you've got to be able to run an, an offensive play, get to the basket, stop the clock. Make the yes, refs yes. make the refs blow the whistle. I mean, this is you know Steve yeah. and I were talking. This is stuff that we were taught back in, in in our fifth and sixth grade. You know, house league basketball. You know, put the ball on the yeah, floor, like, push the, push the refs to make a call, stop the clock, stop the bleeding. You know, get a couple buckets here and there, and then see what you can do defensively. The Wizards they just didn't seem interested. Wall looked like he took his foot off the gas. Maybe maybe he just ran out. I mean, I I think he's been playing on yeah. on, on e for a while now and I think it finally showed tonight yeah. but DeRozan is the guy was, for me that I was gonna say that like John Wall it looks like those 40 minutes a game are just catching up with him he, and every fourth quarter check out his shooting percentage it seems like he's just running out of gas sometimes they're up enough that they can like absorb it but like when they're from behind it, it's gonna be really hard like it is just basically John Wall carrying this team when Black, when Bradley Beal is aggressive it's a different team, but it just, it's not looking like that, at least on the road. So maybe at home, you'll see a little bit more Beal in the fourth. But yeah, DeRozan's been a stud. I like, honestly, like he's kind of quieting his skeptics with these, like he's averaging plus 30. I think he might be leading the league in playoff scoring right now. So he's at 28, I mean, he 28 and change officially, but he's, He's unguardable when he plays the way he did tonight. He's actually, I mean, he's very similar to, to Bradley Beal in that regard. I mean, sometimes he just finds this groove. Yeah. He is better than Bradley Beal, although Beal, I think, challenged him quite a bit tonight. But if, if DeRozan's going to go for 26, 27, 30-plus, the Wizards can't win. I mean, they do have to control him. Lowry, they've been able to somewhat slow and frustrate a little bit. Uh, but the bench, I mean, the, this this bench 
you know, Toronto bench is for real. And they do come in and give them a lift, even if it's only two, four, two to four points or six points at a time. You know, they, they, they play really good defense, which is the mark of any good team. But frankly, you know, you look at this top to bottom, this roster, I don't know where the Wizards can find an additional 10 to 15 points. And that's, for us, the problem that yeah. has to be, where are those points going to come from? Because you can't you can't run wall for forty four minutes. You just can't do it. So you're right. You know the the interesting thing about the bench, the Raptor bench, that uh, people aren't realizing is that it at the the end of the third and beginning of the fourth, they go with a pure non starter lineup and don't lose. Like they the other team with the advantage doesn't gain on them, which is huge. That's almost like like a double plus in terms of plus minus because your weaker line isn't losing ground and they're just holding the ship steady. Um, That's a a big thing. And don't forget, like our sixth man, the guy that's probably going to finish second or third in sixth man voting is injured. Like if Van Vliet plays in game six and gives you anything, just his defense alone, like fires up Siakam. So you'll see like this, this could be a different outcome if we were at full strength. But yeah, you're right. You got to find a third guy that's going to put up 15. You know, Otto Porter, maybe Oubre, maybe it's terrible. Like, just not there. I again, my one thing is like I will admit I haven't been watching a lot of like Wizards games, but I really I, I know I said this before in another pod, but I can't believe Otto Porter is getting the money he's getting. Like it's just odd that that guy is not even included in the offense. You know, yeah, it's, and it's, and they need weird. him. They need him to get garbage points. I mean, he you can't pay max money to a guy who's gonna you know three D and slash yeah. every once in a while. You just can't do it. And and Steve made that point a little bit earlier tonight. You you cannot pay that kind of money for nine points in the postseason. You just can't do it. And and he's he is yeah. the odd man out of this rotation. You know, yes, he gives them some defense from time to time, and and he's capable of doing you know for going for fifteen to twenty points, but. When you're max money, your numbers should be going up in the playoffs, not not disappearing. And right now they're disappearing. So, you know, I, the Wizards, look, if they come in, I wouldn't be surprised if they win by two or if they lose by 20 on Friday night. I think if this goes to seven, yeah. it doesn't fare well for the Wiz. But given how the Raptors played the first three and a half quarters, all bets are off. I mean, there's, there's there'll be nerves everywhere game seven if it, if it if comes to it. it- I agree. Like, I think it behooves the Raptors to take this in six so that they're not tight like they were in, in, in game five. Like, the, the first three and a half quarters, they were just a little tight. All the younger guys were a bit tight. You know, Lowry looked like he was a bit tight. But, um, like I said, it, if the Raptors come out with that same flow and the same um, aggressiveness they had for the last three or four minutes, that defensive aggressiveness, like, I think this is going to be, like you said, it's either going to be like one of those things where we're up 10 the whole way through, or it's going to be like tooth and nail, one point up, one point down, trading buckets until the last three, and then whoever's got legs is going to win that game. So right? give me give me a prediction. What do you what do you see happening on Friday? We'll close out the show with that. What do you what do you think happens I, Friday night in DC? I think Raptors win by three. Oof. Tight, tight game tight game and it's going to be one of those things where someone just gets two buckets in the row in the last minute 30 seconds and that's it well i think it'll be that's what's going to happen let's let me ask you this then if that if that is what happens is there a team that the raptors are afraid of the rest of the way in the eastern conference given lebron and the struggles i know he came up big tonight against indiana but is there a team that the raptors look at and say that's going to be the real test or do you feel that if they get past the wizards they'll be okay moving forward 
Uh, I think if they get past the Wizards and it's Indiana, it will be a breeze to because we played Indiana very well. It's uh, Philly, to answer your question. Philadelphia is a head-scratcher. Like For a team that has a whole bunch of guys who have never played one playoff game till till this year, have come out like gangbusters, and they closed the season pretty crazy on like a 15- or 16-game winning streak. Like right. uh, That's the team everyone fears, I think. But other than that, honestly, if they get through this, even a LeBron team that can, you know, is pouring Gatorade and celebrating like they won a championship by beating Indiana by three, I think we got that team wrapped up. It's, it, it, is, it is really Philly. Philly uh, sitting there waiting is, is a scary thought in that in Eastern Conference Finals. They're just too big and athletic. Like, it's going to be scary. That Embiid guy is a beast. He is a beast. And, and Simmons has proven to be a... A true all-world oh, talent, you know. So stud, he, he's yeah. a stud. You know, I, I don't want him to win Rookie of the Year because he's not a rookie, even though he sat out all last I year. Hear you. But I hear I, you. I'm all about Donovan Mitchell. I'm, I'm I've been pulling that. You know, I've been banging that drum real hard, and I, and I hope the Jazz put away uh, the Westbrooks uh, tonight. We'll see if that pans out. But uh, Mina, thanks yeah. for jumping on. I appreciate it. We'll see what happens on Friday if you're available. Uh, LP and I will be doing a game. Hopefully, it will be just a game recap and not a series recap on friday night but if you're available jump back on thanks as always for making time i'm only available for a series recap <laughs> <laughs> well let's right. okay we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but it's going to be a big game i think you know to wrap up here toronto doesn't want to see this go seven they don't want to deal with that that type of pressure at home that's right and the wizards have right. no choice but to force it to seven and, and hope for a better outcome so we will see what happens uh, you know, Mina, thanks for jumping on the call. I appreciate it and appreciate your insight as the number one Raptors fan uh, or 1A to Drake. Uh, for Steve, <laughs> for Steve and the rest of the boys at DTC, my name is Joe. Thank you so much for listening. We are out.